Hello, I'm Ryan Smith, technology journalist here at UC Today. Joining me is Andreas Hip, the CEO and co-founder of Catalea. Today we are going to be discussing the challenges and solutions that organisations may find in global voice network operations. Welcome, Andreas. How are you doing today? Uh, welcome as well. I'm doing very well. Just uh, acclimatising to the Austrian climate from Singapore. So, but it's, I can, it's I can I can well imagine that it's, uh, it's, it's very much of a, uh, of a different experience uh, between Austria and Singapore this time of year. Um, we'll jump straight on into it. Um, first of all, can you just start off by just giving us a use case um, for a global voice network requirement? You know, let our audience know what the use case is for it. Yeah, so <clears throat> global voice networks obviously <clears throat> exist for quite some time. Yeah, I guess it probably started uh, with the deregulation of telecom markets in the late 1990s, where you saw a lot of international wholesale carriers uh, spring up and uh, build global infrastructure to provide international call termination uh, to other carriers. And typically they started building their own infrastructure in data centers like Equinix, deploying hardware, you know, switches, software, and uh, very often also, you know, had their own regional teams to support uh, that infrastructure. Um, later on, with the rise of UC and cloud PBXs, uh, obviously the, the, the ones who had an international clientele or, or customer base, they also needed to establish uh, uh, overseas footprint. And uh, since they are software people and cloud companies, right, they, they rather prefer a cloud infrastructure or a hosted environment rather than building, you know, infrastructure, which probably is not even their expertise like the traditional tech infrastructure-heavy telcos uh, could do. And, uh, and others are, you know, obviously the, uh, you know, companies who provide DID numbers and uh, need a global presence very close to the terminating or originating networks. So the latency is very low and uh, the quality of experience for conference calling for UC platforms, um, you know, is, uh, is obviously well maintained. Obviously, you've gone through the, the use of a, of a global voice network, um, and the use of it is one thing, but putting it into practice is another. Um, can you please just talk me through some of the best deployment options that are available? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, we actually have quite a few interesting use cases. Uh, let's start with one, which I referred to in the introduction already. Uh, we have uh, two DID providers who run, I don't know, DID numbers in 70, 80 different countries. And uh, at the beginning, they went down the traditional route of, you know, buying uh, switching platforms and deploying them in data centers uh, and obviously outsourcing the support. So, you know, suddenly they found themselves with quite a hefty fixed operating cost just to rent racks. And very often you don't need a full rack, right? So you have a lot of wastage probably as well. Then you need to outsource the support. So there's all these monthly payments you have uh, before you start doing business. And uh, so couple of years ago, over the last two years, uh, they migrated off their own infrastructure to our Orkic Cloud platform, which is a Catalia-hosted SPC as a service, and uh, basically rid themselves of uh, any, you know, physical ownership of the network and uh, any technical infrastructure support. So we look after their IP connectivity, the hosting obviously 24-7, and uh, they can really go after their business and... Uh, you know, for them, using the central management system, it still looks like it's their network. So they have full access and full flexibility to operate and make changes as they wish or need to do uh, without having to call us. And uh, 
So, and you know, some said they're probably looking at 30-40% cost saving in in this in, in this um, uh, use case. Uh, others are uh, one customer of ours based in Singapore. They focus on UC and uh, CCAS uh, uh, services and solutions for enterprise customers. And um, they have a very regional approach. So a lot of the companies uh, uh, operate uh, across Southeast Asia, for example, and uh, also need DID numbers and solutions uh, like you know food delivery companies or organizations like that uh, for their customers to call in the driver and reach them and so forth. And um, they have a very interesting way. So in Singapore, where they're headquartered, they have their office and people, they use uh, an on-premise solution. And then they start using us as a hosted SPC for the geo redundancy. So they have two fully geo redundant sites operating. And uh, overseas in Indonesia, Bangladesh, which are uh, markets where regulatory requirements mandate that you have to have a, a switch locally placed. They either host it via their partners or in uh, public cloud environments like uh, AWS or, or Azure. So it's a complete hybrid of different deployment models uh, they combine. But again, uh, they operate that network via one central user interface. And for them, it, it looks like it's theirs if, if they would have built it. So this is probably one of the most complex or varied <laughs> uh, deployments we have. Um, other use cases, we have about 15, 20 uh, wholesale voice operators who in the past uh, had their own operations, their own infrastructure, and because of thin margins and you know competitive pressures, they, they went down the route of basically migrating to a hosted cloud solution for that. Great stuff. So obviously, you mentioned there some of the use cases. Um, can you just give our audience a little bit of an insight into what commercial models are available? Yeah. So on the commercial side, uh, and probably we were one of the first ones who introduced uh, subscription-based SPC as a service five years ago. Um, but uh, we still have, for some deployments, depending on the customer type, they still try or prefer to purchase software licenses on a perpetual basis for you know accounting reasons and typical amortization of investments. Um, but uh, as soon as it comes to, to cloud and hosted deployments, uh, they typically prefer a, a subscription model uh, because all the hosting costs are all you know, monthly, monthly charges uh, anyway. So the whole, the whole product is basically priced on a, on a recurring, monthly recurring basis. It also allows them to kind of save some cash up front, right? And uh, with the pay-as-you-go model, you really only need to subscribe to as much capacity as you need. So your investment at the beginning is very low, and if you do a lot of business, I guess you can also afford the increased cost of the platform to, to support it. Um, so these are the most common models, so still the traditional purchase of capacity or licenses, uh, but increasingly uh, subscribing to the platform. Uh, for the voice wholesalers, we even do a minutes-based model, so you pay per minute that transacts uh, through the platform because they have a lot of fluctuating traffic volumes. So, you know, if there's a holiday, then everybody makes phone calls. If there's no holiday, it drops by 50%. So for them, it's a bit more economically to run uh, with the minute-based model. So these are kind of the options that are out there. As we both know uh, in our industry, you know, businesses and organizations are constantly scaling up and down. Um, mm. Are there any limitations to scalability? Uh, and if so, what are they? Mm. Well, I wouldn't say limitations, but there's probably uh, certain deployment models that have preference over others depending on the capacity needed. 
So if you have very large deployments where you have a lot of concurrent calls and a lot of media, probably a bare metal server deployment is the most efficient way of you know, optimizing infrastructure utilization. Uh, then you start using running multiple applications in private or public clouds, meaning you have uh, your own UC software and then you have some other software, CRM or something like that. Then you would also want the SPC to re reside in the same cloud environment. So you host all these different software applications in AWS or Azure, for example, or in a private cloud, depending on availability in, in some regions. Uh, so these are really kind of the uh, best ways to go about it. On the public cloud, there are limitations on scalability because depending on the hosting packages offered, right? So they can only cater for a certain size. But then again, with clustering and cloudification, you can put a, a load balance in front of many small SPC instances or smaller SPC instances. And then they still look like one SPC within the same, let's say, AWS region or across regions even. So there are means to overcome that, but uh, I think it very much depends on the general nature of the business and how the rest of the customers' platforms are deployed. And, uh, and for ones who kind of need a lot of control over the network, uh, they, they very often come to private cloud, like our Rocky Car platform, it's nothing else. But uh, you have more options on designing the network. You cannot go to AWS and say, I want to have a private line connecting here and there, and you need to do this and that. And I want to know where the SPC physically is residing, right? They just host them in their cloud, and that's the, probably the purpose of cloud. Uh, but we have some telcos who need specifically to know where the platform is residing, maybe for regulatory reasons. And then that really allows you to kind of build a, a kind of telco-grade network uh, on a bespoke basis by just adding the elements and components, hosting plus network plus connectivity. Uh, to that, so and, uh, and and again, there you can scale from you know bare metal, full load, big server, uh, to small virtual machines, uh, or even partitions. So it's not it's not a it's not a problem, but uh, there are different ways to to address them. But uh, there are certainly limitations depending on which option you choose on where to host the the SPC platform. Great stuff. Well, Andreas, thank you very much for joining me and thank you for watching. I'm Ryan Smith from UC Today. Please remember to like and share this video. And until next time, goodbye.